In the name of Jesus, we just thank you for this morning. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Thank you for the rain. Thank you for a warm building to meet in. Thank you for freedom to meet. And thank you for your Holy Spirit. And I just pray right now, Lord, that you would anoint my brother Glenn with your Holy Spirit. Anoint us also as we hear that we could take in what you have for us. And Lord, the rest of the day's activities, the uh, singing at the nursing home, the nursing homes, I guess, the baptism, I just pray your anointing on that event. And my son, Stephen, just anoint him, Lord, and take his commitment and use him to build your kingdom as long as he lives. And the fellowship meal, may it be our conversation be glorifying to you. Lord, we just pray that you would guide and direct us through this rest of this service now, especially in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We greet you in Jesus' name this morning. We're glad to be here, and I'm glad to see you here, every one of you. And I just trust this morning that the name of Jesus could be exalted in this place. Brother Stephen, I would just like to encourage you, as you go down into the water today, that God would anoint you, would bless you, and keep you all your life. And that you would build his kingdom in some small way. I know you're young, and you say, what can I do for God? God can use you. So take that as a word of encouragement from me, from us, to you. This morning... I would like for you to stand once more with me, and I would like for you to take your songbooks. And uh, I was wondering what for song this song came to me as I was showering this morning. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee. <coughs> so let's sing this song as unto the Lord. And for the lack of time this morning, um, let's just sing the first and the last verse. <coughs> Joyful, joyful, we adore Thee, God of glory, Lord of love. Hearts are full and flowers before Thee, hail Thee as the sun above. Melt the clouds of sin and sadness, dry the darkness doubts away. Giver of immortal gladness, fill us with the light of day. Mortals join the mighty chorus, which the morning stars began. Mother of is reigning o'er us, brother love minds man to man. Ever singing, victors <coughs> in the depths of strife. Joyful music lifts the sunward in the triumph song of love. Maybe say it. My apologies. Just a, a touch loud. <coughs> Okay, this morning, how many of you remember what I said last Sunday a week ago? Anybody remember? Non-resistance, thank you. And i got a job for you. I do not, I am trying to keep within my realms of my time. So at five minutes till 12, you raise your hand. And if you don't raise your hand, we can blame you. Okay, if we go over. I will try to shut her down. Okay, is that fair? And I decided this morning, last night or this morning, when I was studying for this 
sermon I decide whoever, whatever young man sits in that spot, I'm going to ask him. So you are the person. And I will try to honor those five minutes. Okay. So early this morning, I was like, which one of the young people should I, should I pick on this morning? I know some of them are like, oh, when Glenn preaches, you know, he asks us and we're scared. We don't want to talk this morning. But I appreciate and I enjoy the young people's input in this congregation. We need you. This church would be a dead, boring place without young people. We need young people. We need young people who love Jesus. We need young people who want to lift up the name of Jesus today. We live in a society where the young people are falling apart at the seams. And I'm going to read you a story this morning, maybe if we have time, um, of young people in um, Iran, this young girl with no hope. And this morning, I want to preach a message of hope to you. Not only young people, but all who are here this morning. Okay, so this morning, about 1 o'clock this morning, it came to me. Who's, who am I going to ask? Brother Sam, you are one. Caleb, and then uh, Amanda and Becca. Can you please tell me why we need to live lives that are non-resistance, not only in time of war, but also in our everyday walk with brothers and sisters? Who will be first? Brother Sam, can you tell me? Now, I don't want a generic answer. Don't give me a generic answer. But if you have one, that's okay. We'll accept what you have. What would you tell me? <coughs> Brother Caleb, do you have one while he's marinating? <laughs> Not only does the Bible command us to, but it's a good example for those who are watching on. Amen. Amen. That's right. The Bible talks about suing peace. Amanda. I like that. In other words, what you're saying in a nutshell, prepare today for that time. Live non-resistance with brothers and sisters, mom and dad, and everybody in between. Right? Is that what you're saying? In a nutshell. Becca. Um, it's a good example to others. Amen. Of Jesus. It's a good example to others in Jesus. Amen. I like that. Here's a verse that I found this morning. I was, I was leafing, leafing through my Bible this morning. It just stood out to me. It says this. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and the things wherewith, wherewith one may edify another. Live for peace. Okay? Okay. This morning, as I was thinking this morning, I'm my little pre-sermon talk here this morning, I was back on the, the cosmos that God has given to us. And uh, here's uh, two galaxies I want to talk about this morning, just in a nutshell. And um, how many of you heard of the Whirlpool Galaxy? Anybody, any takers? Kind of, sort of. You can actually see it. Um, They say, but I don't spend a lot of time looking at stars. I have tried and tried to find some of these stars that I kind of get a a little charge out of. And I cannot find 
these stars. I like looking at the pictures. It's just amazing creation what God has given to us. This Whirlpool galaxy is an amazing galaxy. If you Google it, it's also called the M51. And this galaxy is 31 million light years from where you are standing on planet or sitting on planet Earth today. 31 million. And how fast does light travel in one second? Anybody? You don't know? Do you know? Come on. Roger, do you know? That is correct. 186,000 miles per second. 1,001, 1,002 in light travel. 186,000 miles in one second. So when God said in Genesis 1, He said, let there be light. Light came out of His mouth at traveling at 186,000 miles a second. Do your math, you mathematicians. Light will travel 8 point or 5.8, 5.9 trillion miles per year. Can you imagine? You're not going to get your car and you're going to travel. We can't measure by our small minds, the, the magnitude, what God has put out there and what he has made. I'm just trying to bring you to what I'm going to share later. In this, in this galaxy, there's billions of stars within this galaxy. It's amazing. This galaxy, there is, um, it is 60,000 light years across. So if you got in your vehicle, you got in your spaceship, you would travel 186,000 Miles a second, and it is 60,000 light years across this galaxy that God Almighty, the Father, has planted in there, put there in the orbit, in the cosmos for you and I to look at. Can you imagine? Okay? And the Hubble um, uh, telescope, or whatever they call this thing, that orbits 360 miles above the, above the, the Earth, as it is orbiting, guess what they found? They found a black hole in this galaxy. And what did they find? I'll draw you a picture. The best that I can. They found this in this black hole in this, in this, in this galaxy. Isn't that amazing? This is what they saw. And they honed this thing in, and you can actually go on NASA's, on, um, uh, NASA's website, and you can actually, you can actually see this galaxy. Amazing! The cross of Christ in this galaxy that God would plant Himself and show the world that He is God. And this God that has planted this, these galaxies, and this is one galaxy of billions, millions of galaxies out there that God has planted. It makes me feel very small. And you know what sin does? Sin puffs up man and brings God down. And you know, it makes me feel very small as I look at what God has put out there. And to think that God, in His great mercy, said man needs a Savior after he sinned. And you know, that's what we're going to talk about. We, and, and I'm running out of time. There's another galaxy I'd like to talk about. It's called the Cartwheel Galaxy. It was first spotted, spotted from the U.K., and it is estimated 150,000 light years in diameter. The cartwheel is a group of galaxies and approximately 500 million light years away. We're using numbers that I cannot fathom. Just to give you an idea, this, this galaxy, just to give you a small idea, 
How many, how, how many days ago, or how long ago was 12, was a million seconds ago? How many, how, how long ago was that? How, how long do you think it was? Timmy. Five years. Whoa. Okay. One more answer. One of you girls. How, how long do you think a million seconds ago was? Jeremy. Twelve days. Twelve days. Okay? One billion. How long do you think that was? We're talking the late 70s. Okay? I'm just trying to, so we can wrap our mind around who this God is that we serve. Let's go to, let's go to one trillion seconds. How long do you think that is? It's almost 30,000 years before Christ. That gives you a small idea what kind of, what kind of universe that God has put out there. And this is, what, this is what the psalmist says. Let me just read this. I found it this morning. And I thought, whoa, this is good. And it says, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made and the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. He breathed out stars. Isn't that amazing? Let's go to Romans 11, 1. You know, this stuff just intrigues me to know. And just this, these things that God has put out there. And now he has a creator for a savior for me. And he says, oh, that the depths of the riches, both the wisdom and the knowledge of God, who can explain his judgment, his ways fast finding out. And here we sit. And God has a plan for every individual person that is sitting in these pews today. And he has a plan for me. And sometimes I go through life and wonder, what is God's plan for my life? Open your Bibles to Matthew 11. I would like for you this morning to follow along in your Bible as close as possible. And I know sometimes when the pastor is flipping from verse to verse, you know, it's hard to follow along. Sometimes it's just listen. But I would like for you to follow along this morning as much <coughs> as you possibly can. Okay, and Matthew, sorry, I said Matthew 6, Matthew 6. Let's go to Matthew 11, verses 1 through 6. Get there myself. And it reads like this. Matthew 11. I'm still not there. We'll get it. One through six, and it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his twelve disciples, he departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. And when John had heard heard in prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which ye do hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Okay, so here John is in prison and he's wondering, is it, do we look for another Christ? So, so um, or is there another one to come? I can imagine John was sitting in his prison. He was discouraged. You know, is he really? I'm sitting here. If he is the Christ, then why am I sitting here? Can you imagine? There's probably doubts that came to him. 
There's um, maybe maybe he was second guessing. You know, he was a man like you and I are here this morning. And he wondered, is this the Christ? And if he is, why am I sitting here? You know, in, in John, in, um, in contrast, in John 1, 29, this is what John says in, 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 in John 1, 29. He says this, and, the next, and it reads like this, And the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. A totally different thought process going on. He was no longer sitting there in doubt and wondering, Is this the Christ? He said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Jesus, the promised Messiah, today is what I'd like to share with you today. John was in prison. He had his doubts. The fall of the sin, the fall of man. In Genesis, let's go all the way back to Genesis. Start in Genesis. We're just going to go through the Scriptures. We're going to move fast here. We're just going to go through Scriptures. I'm just going to read some, most of them to you. In Genesis 3. In Genesis 3, verse 1 and 3, it says, The serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said... See, right away, right there, he planted doubt in the heart of, the heart of humanity. He said, Hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? With a question mark. And the, and the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And God made some specific instructions to him, to, to them. They were to have, they can have everything, but isn't that how it is? Many times we say, do not do thus and so. Why? We want to, we as children, we're going to try it anyway. My dad told me, do not throw gas on fire. Why? You know what I did? We spend five days in the hospital. What a ridiculous thought process. You know, why don't we listen when God tells us to do this and so? Why don't we, under, why don't we have to go try it out for ourselves? And you know what? And the servant said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God had death. Know that in the day ye thereof your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods with a small g, knowing good and evil. Don't that sound good? Don't that sound like a, a nice platter of, 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 of merchandise to take? If you will know good and evil, God says to shun evil. Do what is good. Take it, shun evil. And you know what? Sin came in. The, sin came, the serpent, he, the devil, he tempted Eve to disobey God as her creator. And sin came into humanity. And we have suffered ever since. And you know, one thing this morning I want to get across to you, that Satan is the God of this world. But I'm telling you here this morning, we have a hope that Christ, our Savior, our, the promised Messiah. But you know, if we move on down through this chapter, now we hit 15, and here is one of the first verses. It talks about a hope that is God is going to give to the world. And this is what is exciting. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. And it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. It's talking about, and you know, there's a... There's a lot of things for many years, and even now, I asked my wife, I said, what is it trying to tell me? And I, and I sat and marinated on this verse for a long time last night. I read it and reread it. God, what is it trying to open my spiritual eyes that I can see what it is saying? And I'm not here to tell you this morning. I'm not still understanding what it is trying to say. And you know what? I, 
I would covet your your thought process after church. Exactly what is this saying? I have somewhat of a of, of a vague idea, but <coughs> but God is 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 telling here that that the seed of this lady of this woman is going to supersede what is what is taking place here. I don't know if this, my theology is all right here. But sin came into the world. Became man became a bond slave of the devil. This beautiful relationship that Adam and Eve had with the God Almighty was broken because of disobedience. You know, how is it when we disobey our parents, we disobey what God has said. You know, this relationship is broke down. When we last Wednesday night, when we had this purity meeting, this man who called Jim Sammons, my business is failing. We're losing thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Why? Because his relationship with God Almighty was broken because of his immoral thought process and what he was partaking of a table that was not for him. When we have sin at our door camp, the relationship with God is broken. But praise to Jesus that we can fix it. We can realign with God. Isn't that amazing? The coming of the Savior, the Redeemer, would suffer. But in suffering, the devil would be conquered. Glory to God. Is that what that verse is saying? Is that what that verse is? I just have pencil down here. The coming Savior, the Redeemer, would, would suffer on the cross. But in suffering, the devil would be conquered. And, and, and sin will be canceled. In Romans 5, in 5, in 5, 12, Romans 5, let's turn to Romans 5. In Romans 5, verse 12, it reads like this. It says, wherefore, as by one man's sin entered into the world, by one man's sin, by one man's disobedience, sin entered into the world. Death, death by sin. So death passed upon all men, for all have sin. And you know, if you were here this morning, and your and your pump, and your heart is pumping warm blood through you this morning, you are you were born a sinner. But I have hope for you today. I have good news for you today that there is one who can set you free. Let's go on down to um, 19, 19, Romans 5, verse 19. It says, as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. All were made sinners. Many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one, many shall be made righteous. I added a few words in there, but that's what's going on. By one man's disobedience, many became sinners. But by one man's righteousness by his obedience going to the cross willing to come and come and come to this world as a baby and being obedient to the father dying on the cross interceding for us we can be made righteous sin is canceled <clears throat> hallelujah will you receive god's abundant provision of grace of the of the gift of righteousness will you be willing to to accept that today. Let's go to Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14. <clears throat> and I know I talked about this a long time ago. But I'm going to just read these verses to you. And it is. Let's see if we can find it here. In Romans. And in, in, in Isaiah 14. It talks about here. It talks about Luther. It calls him 
It calls him an archangel of the Lord. He had a he was a beautiful angel, Lucifer himself. But Lucifer chose to rise against God. And what a what a horrible thing that has happened. But he was cast down. He says, "O Lucifer, son of the morning, thou hast cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God." What a proud, rebellious. And you know what? We read that. We look at that. We study that and say, why did he do that? And yet we do this same thing too many times. And I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation of the sides of the Lord. And I will send above the heights of the clouds. And I will be like the Most High. That's what Lucifer, he told God. And you know what there? I am here to tell you this morning. There is no one that is higher than God. There is no one that can put the... Put the galaxy, the stars in the orbit they have. You know, these people that say there's a big bang theory going on out there. You know what? I'm here to tell you there is an orchestrator out there of God himself that puts all these things in planet Earth. And they are saying, I read last night, that, they, that, that there's these two galaxies that are going to collide someday. And they are moving together at the rate of four million miles per hour, and someday, I don't know how soon, they will collide. You know what? As I read that, I'm like, let them, let the world shake. Let the wheels fall off. I don't care. God's got it all in control. Let them shake. Let them collide. You know, if they're, if they're millions and they're, they're thousands of years of light, light years away from each other, it'll be a day or two till they hit. And then it says like this, I will descend, I will be like the Most High. You shall go down and be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. And they that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider, saying, Is this the man which made the earth to tremble and did shake kingdoms? He was thrown out of heaven, became the God of this world. Satan has one mission for this world. He has one cause for all humanity, God's creation, to turn, the, turn from the true God to the God of this world. He has this mission for you, and that is to take you down. And if you are not in tune with God, you are going to be losing. <clears throat> Let's turn to Ephesians 2. Let's turn to Ephesians 2. Let's turn to this. This is good. Ephesians 2. Let's read the first ten verses. And, we, and, and you who were be quickened were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein the time passed, he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. This is who we used to be, among whom also you had all your conversation in time past and lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. You know, that's how we all were. We had we were fulfilling our flesh. We were filling the lust thereof. And there was no stopping point. And were by nature the children of wrath, even of that. But God, in His rich mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. And He hath raised us together and made us sit together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Isn't that a beautiful place to be? Sitting in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. Isn't that a, an amazing thought to you this morning? It says, born again, saved, saint. Go on, heaven bound. And he hath raised, um, verse 7, in the ages to come, he might show exceedingly riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. For by grace ye are saved through faith and not of ourselves. It is a gift of God. 
Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, in created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. Those are the instructions that we are supposed to be as, be as little Christ here on this earth. Are we holding up the banner of Christ this morning? Are we living in lives like we heard this morning? You know, are we following peace with all men? Are we showing the world what it is like to live for Jesus? Many people doubt the promises of God. They believe they don't need to repent and receive Jesus. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 4. 2 Corinthians 4. In 2 Corinthians 4. It reads like this. In 2 Corinthians 4, For if your gospel is hid, it is hid from them that are lost. And then it reads like this. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, whom is the image of God, should shine upon them. Lord, let your light shine upon us today. Let your glory shine upon us. Let it illuminate the dark places of our heart. The promise of Messiah. When the, dark, when the world was dark and cold with sin... Years, hundreds of years, 1,500 years, I believe I read somewhere, before this all fulfilled from Genesis till when, when Jesus was born. You know, the world laid in darkness. Now here comes the Savior. What a beautiful thought. As the angels said, glory to God in the highest. This, this Savior, this Messiah was born. You know, there's people that are still waiting for the Messiah to be born. He's here. There's no more waiting. But I'm here to tell you, I'm assured to tell you, He is coming again. And that is the punchline of this message. He is coming again. Not as a baby, but as a judge. In Genesis 3.15, the promised Messiah would come and crush the head and the power of Satan. The Messiah would defeat the power of Satan and all his fallen angels. You know... <coughs> There's people who, who have these, who many times we struggle with maybe our thought, thought life or sins of these besetting sins that we have. And there's times we feel like we cannot get over the hump, so to speak. And, you know, God has the power. He wants to fill you. He wants to make you like himself. God wants to fill you with his son, Jesus, that we would that we would live lives out of power and we would not be a powerless, weak, anemic a thoroughly Christian. But we would live lives that would be filled with power. Jesus stepped out of heaven as a son of man. The son of God became incarnate in the human body. And you know, we sometimes wonder, is this the Messiah? As John was sitting in prison, he wondered, is this the Messiah? He was born of a virgin. He was the Savior of the world. He came to destroy the works of Satan. He came to break the chains of sin. You know, I was reading this morning, early this morning, probably about 3 o'clock this morning, I was reading about this. I get this magazine in the mail. I was talking about climate change and yada, 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 and all these things that, that they were talking about and how that, you know, we gotta, we gotta do this. And we, it had a, it was quite an article. It had all these things to do. And I was, I was just reading there. I said, I wonder where this man's gonna come out at. And he said, it is not the problem. It is not, I'm not here to talk about politics this morning. But it is not the problem. I'm like, this is a spiritual problem. God is using the floods and the droughts and all these things that are happening to this world to bring men unto Himself. It's like, you can do what you want to out there. It's not going to change the situation. God is ready, to tell, is ready to fold this earth up. The Bible says that this world is growing old like a garment. 
And so the, the God in his, in his long suffering, in his compassion toward humanity, he wants to bring as many into the fold as possible. And what am I doing? And what am I doing? I have to ask myself, what am I doing? Am I building God's kingdom in some small way? Am I, am I, am I having an effect of, 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 in God's kingdom? Here's a, I wasn't going to say, um, see here. I wasn't going to share this, but here I, I, I have a list of questions for myself. And I penciled a few more in last night. And it's quite a lengthy list. And I've had it. This paper has been in my Bible for many years. It's actually turning yellow because it's been there so many times. And this is what I penciled in last night. What would the impact if I became more intentional about being missionaries as a part of my daily life? You ask yourself these questions. Am I building relationships with my neighbors here at home? Or do I have to jump on a 747 and go to wherever? And I'm not saying I think it's all good if we get on a plane and go on a mission field somewhere. I think it's all good. But you know what? Guess what? If you cannot be a missionary in Halsey, Oregon, you are not going to be no good in Ching Chang Chu either. Am I following Jesus and obeying his teachings? Or am I just constantly at war with people? Am I constantly pushing my agenda because I have an agenda I need to push? I have one agenda, and that is you get saved. And you follow Jesus. I just added those three, those three questions to my, my, my paper last night. In John, in John 3, let's go to John 3. In John 3, 7 and 8. <coughs> Excuse me. Marvel not that I say unto you, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeneth, and heareth the sound thereof. But thou cannot tell where it came from, or whither it goes. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. And then in Nicodemus had all these que- they had these questions for him. And then, in, and then in, down in fourteen fifteen it says, Whosoever believes on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then we have this verse, John three sixteen, the world, the verse that is so much loved by the Christian people, and it brings comfort, it brings hope to the. To the down and out. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believed in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. What a thought of comfort to you, to me this morning. That God so loved me. Do you ever feel like you aren't loved? Do you ever think you, do you ever feel like God cares about you? God cares about you. God, God loves you. And God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but, but that the world through Him might be saved. Say, He that believes on Him is not condemned, but he that, is, that believes not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light, light is coming to the world. Men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. And praise God for the light of Jesus, the light in those evil deeds. Um, let's go back to Isaiah. <clears throat> in Isaiah 7, it reads like this. It's in 14, <clears throat> this is again another, another thing. Um, uh, a prophecy of the prophet of Messiah. Therefore the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call His name Emmanuel. Let's go to um, 9.6. The promise of a Messiah. 9-6, there's multiple verses here. There's a few verses here that talk about the coming of this Messiah. That For unto you is born, for unto us a child is born. And unto us a child is, a son is given. And he, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, 
Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Isn't that comforting to you this morning? The, the wonderful, the counselor, you need counseling this morning, you go to Jesus. You need, you need healing today, you go to Jesus. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Is that comforting to you? It is to me. John the Baptist needed to be reminded. Jesus said, Jesus said to tell John, he told, he told his disciples, hey, go tell John about these miracles that you have seen. You tell him what you have witnessed, taken out of Matthew. There's another verse I want to read here. In Micah 5.2, it says like this. It says, And thou, Beth Ephrata, though thou be a little, little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to be a ruler in Israel, whose goings, goings forth have been from an old, from everlasting. And that word everlasting means eternal. So out of Judah, this, 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 is, this is coming. Out of Bethlehem. Christ is coming out of Bethlehem from everlasting, from eternal. He's coming from eternal. He's coming from God the Father. John the Baptist, he needed to be reminded of these things. He needed to be reminded that this is the Messiah. There is no other one coming. Taken out of Matthew 9. Let's go to Matthew 9. And uh, let's go to 20, verse 27. And it goes like this. And Jesus departed thence. Two blind men followed him, crying and saying, Thou, son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? And they said, Yea, Lord. And he touched their eyes, and according to your faith, and he, and he said, According to your faith, be it unto you. And they were healed. Their eyes were open. And then Jesus tells them, You know what? Don't tell nobody. You know, just go. But you know what? When good things happen to us, we need to tell. When Christ cleaned us up and made us whole, we need to tell people, Is this thing burning in you? Let's go back a couple verses to verse um, 9, for 2 through 7. And behold, they brought, they brought the, the man sick of palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. Why did Jesus say all these things? I'm not sure. <coughs> Excuse me. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemous. This man is a blasphemer. You know, they didn't understand. They, they were still waiting. They thought this was just a normal common man. They didn't understand that this was the Son of God. This was the Messiah. He had the power to save. He had the power to forgive sins and all these types of things. Their eyes were clouded over. They couldn't see. And how many times are we are we exactly like that? There is a darkness that we can't see the power of God because we are so full of ourselves. Our pride, our arrogancy that God wants to just strip us of and bring us down to where we see Jesus for who He is. The disciples were eyewitnesses of these miracles that we just read about. Let's go to 9, 8, 18. Let's just flip over a page. And while He spake these things unto them, behold, there is a certain ruler and worshipped Him, saying, My daughter even is now dead. Come and lie, lay thy hand upon her and she shall live. Why did this, why did this ruler, why did this person, why, why did he have this faith that Jesus, if you would just lay your hand upon her, he'd be saved, she'd be, she'd be raised from the dead. Why? He had faith that this is the person, this person has the power to raise the dead to life. Let's go over to 23, same chapter. It says, when Jesus came into the ruler's house, he saw the minstrels and the people making a noise and said to him, 
Give this, give place, for the maid is not dead but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. Whoa. They laughed him to scorn. Are you crazy? This girl is dead, as in graveyard dead. There's no life within her, within her lungs. She's dead. But Jesus saw past all that. And how many times do we see, we see people who are exactly like this daughter, this, this girl, they're dead spiritually. And many times we sit there with this critical spirit within us and we are the same way. But oh, for Jesus. But oh, that we could see through the eyes of Jesus what they could be. If, if, if they would just allow God to clean them up, to wash them. Clean. I heard somebody talking about this man who was using, he was a drug addict and he was, or an addict and so forth and so on. And it went through my mind. You know, there am I, but by the grace of God. There am I, by the grace of God. We hear people who get into besetting sins. And we like, we wouldn't do such a thing like that. We wouldn't act like that. And yada, yada, yada. That's how we think. But you know what? Can we humble ourselves? Can we allow God to show us, there am I, but by the grace of God. You know, it's God's grace that cleans us up and makes us like Him. It is Jesus who, who wants to give us a touch. And there's many times in my... And throughout the day, as I studied, like, like last night, this morning, as I was reading the Scripture, and my heart cry was, God, just a touch from Jesus now. If I just had a touch is all I need, just so I could touch. And, you know, many times um, we, we may feel this touch from God. And, you know, and we feel like, you know, it's not this whatever, but we just feel like God's presence is so real. It just surrounds, it fills us, it, may, it makes us... It makes it, it lifts us up and it encourages us. Jesus Christ was, and, and, and his proclamation was proclaimed through Genesis through, through Revelation. It's all through, and that's what the whole Bible is about. It's about God and his son, Jesus. God is placing his son and said, This is my son and who I am well pleased. And that's who he wants. And there's a little story that keeps crowding in. I want to tell you this morning. It's like this auctioneer, this old man. He had all these, these amazing paintings and all these wonderful art that was worth thousands, hundreds, tens of thousands of dollars. And one of the things that he lost a son, his beloved, his only son, in a war. And he said... This and he had a painting of his son that he that he had meticulously painted. It looked exactly like his son. And he told the auctioneer before the auction, he said, "Now he said, I want you to auction my son this picture up first. This is the first one that gets auctioned off, okay?" And there was a crowd of people there, and they're saying, "Away with the son! Forget this. We want all these what, these these high dollar massive paintings." These, this, all this fancy artwork that's supposed to be worth tens of thousands of dollars. But the auctioneer, <coughs> he did as he was told. He tried to auction off his son. Nobody wanted it. So finally somebody said $10. And he sold it. And guess what he said? The auction said the auction's over. Whoever took the son got it all. Are we taking the son of Jesus Christ? Are we taking it all that is ours? Can, now, I wish I could have been at that auction. It would have been amazing to see. I bet you the... What? What? I am here to tell you this morning, if you take Jesus, you get it all. It isn't a smorgasbord where we take this and we take that. We are to 
walk with him in all regard. The followers of Jesus, as followers of Jesus, it is our privilege and duty to tell others, we have found the Messiah. The Messiah is here. Jesus is the Messiah. The promise of the Messiah is coming back, not as a baby, but as a judge. And are you ready here this morning when the judge, when the trumpet blows? There is no need to look for another Messiah. He is here. He is here. And you know, I get a little weary this time of year of all the fado and the horsing around. I would just rather crawl into the black hole than to go, go, go. And I, I had myself a conversation with a local farmer one day, and I told him, I said, this time of the season just makes me weary. It is so, just a matter of fact, yesterday I was in an Apple store, and I said, you know, I don't know if this man was even a same man. I don't think it was. And I said, you know, it just makes me weary. And I said, you know, I said, this thing is so commercialized that it has nothing to do with the real reason of the season. I still called, I called in a steel service center Friday and this lady, the sales lady answered and she, I told her what I needed and yada yada. And, and I told her as I hung up and she goes, well, I wish you a Merry Christmas. I said, same to you. And I said, just remember the reason, the real reason for the season. And she, well, you know, yeah, that, that'd be good. I'm sorry, but she missed the point. She did not realize that her Messiah is here. And she wants, to, and he wants to save her soul. There is no need to look for another Messiah. He is here. He is here. Let's turn to Revelation. I see your hand. You need to get it up there. In Revelation sixteen five. Thank you. In six, Revelation sixteen fifteen, it reads like this. Let's see. And behold, I come as a thief, blessing he that watches and keepeth his garments, lest he be naked, and they shall see his sin. Blessed is he that watches. Are you watching this morning? I so much appreciate it, Brother Roger. You're talking about in Matthew. You know, what is the oil? What is the oil? You know, <clears throat> I don't believe that oil that, that, that in Matthew 25 was talking about is what you're dumping in your car so it can run. I don't, but I think the main message is like just exactly what Brother Rogers shared, shared this morning. I like that thought. It is the message is to watch. And here we have it again. We're at the end of the trail in Revelation 16, almost at the end of the trail, five more chapters. And it's, and again, he's saying, blessed is he that watcheth. Are you watching and waiting and anticipating the trumpet to blow? And someday I am here to tell you someday it may blow for all of us, but it almost it may also blow for you. Okay, just like my neighbor, you know he he woke up that morning, and I'm sure he thought that you know this is just going to be a normal day in Halsey, Oregon. But he didn't make it through the day, and the trumpet blew for him. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your love upon us, Lord. Oh, the great love that you have toward humanity. And God, that we can somehow tap in and share this great love that you show to humanity through us, Lord. Use us to build your kingdom in this place, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that we would go from this place as a changed person. Lord, that we would humble ourselves before you. Lord, that as we, as we think about 
um, who we are in your sight. And this and the, Father Almighty, as you built this huge cosmos out there, as you made this universe, this vast universe that our little finite minds cannot handle and think about. But God, in all these things, as you as you said, let there be light, as you said, as you spoke and the stars became into being, this orbit came into being. But God, as you look down into humanity and seeing that they need a savior. Your great love, aside from all these things that could have, that you could have been entertained with, that you could have been, you saw that man needed a, that needed a savior. And I just want to say thank you, thank you, God, again, from the depth of our hearts that you sent a savior to redeem humanity from the chains of Satan. And there is no one here that cannot be loosened. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you. Okay, thank you, Glenn. Thank you for those warnings and also the encouragement. Jesus is coming back soon. And I'll just open up here for a minute or so. If somebody has something they'd like to share in response to the message, um, testimony, We'll open up here just for a little bit, and then and then I'll have uh, Stephen also come for to share his baptism testimony, his testimony before baptism, I should say. Does anybody have something they'd like to share before we go on? Some sobering thoughts when you talk about the earth being the the heavens being rolled back like a scroll there in Revelation 16, and everything that's going to come and how close are we? I don't know. The trumpet's going to blow. It's going to blow for us one at a time. Is this generation going to pass away? And, you know, a hundred years from now, Jesus will come back. I, I don't know. Or is it going to be in the next? Well, here we got a year starting. Is it going to be in 2020? I don't know when it'll be. Or maybe yet before 2020 even begins. But we're called to watch. We're called to be faithful, to occupy, not just sit around watching, but the watching includes doing something. Uh, are you right with God? Where will you spend eternity? Is there anyone? Yep. Amen. Thank you. Molding, molding them into his image, molding these. Of course, the children got the balloon out of there, the molding a balloon into a butterfly, but 
molding these children into a caterpillar, into a butterfly, molding a child into uh, someone who can be broken and yield their heart to Jesus Christ. Wow. Thank you. Anyone else? Well, we've got a lot to be thankful for. It's 12 o'clock. Um, Stephen, would you want to just come up front here and share with, uh, share with us what you have? And uh, I'll sit down and then we'll have some more comments before we head over to the baptism. I was a sinner and that I need the blood of Jesus to cleanse me of my past sins and I repented and confessed them to God and I trusted for salvation and committed my life to Him and I believe that He has saved me from my past sins and now I want to serve Him faithfully for the rest of my life. Thank you, Stephen precious to hear. You know, in Mark 16, it says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Acts 2, 38. They said to Peter, What shall we do? Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Acts 22, verse 16. And now, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins calling on the name of the Lord. So we're going to head over there to the baptism now. Maybe we'll just pause and have a song yet. So Caleb, if you want to lead us in a song, and then also just go ahead and either pray or dismiss us in prayer. And then we'll go to our vehicles and head over to the baptism. And if you don't know where it is, I can tell you just real briefly, you'll head up 99E to Cartney Drive and turn right. And that'll take you almost all the way there. Ah, wait, Cartney? I think it is Cartney, yeah. Yeah, Cartney will take you almost all the way there. So go up to 99 to Cartney, turn right, and then it'll take you pretty much all the way there, but you will have to turn off of there at one point. So follow other people, and uh, we'll get there to the baptism. Um, so Caleb, if you want to lead us in a song, and then we'll pray and be dismissed. All right, let's sing once more. Turn to number 
Father God, again, we approach your throne one more time. And we just look for the day when it's just over yonder. And we will no longer sing that song. We'll be there. I pray for the baptism. I pray for those who go down into the water. I pray for especially Stephen, Lord. I just pray that you would touch him today. And all those who are involved. Bless Roger and Phoebe and her family. We pray for those lives. We think of Corey and Betsy. Oh God, draw them to yourself. And may you.